Hey, today's a really great show. Really great show. Very, very funny. We're uh, we're talking about Cuomo again. Huh? <laughs> uh, there was so much we didn't get to, but what we did to is good eating. We start the show with Rudy Giuliani. We also have Franklin Graham. And then we end the show with something really special about small businesses. We talked to three or four people from all across the country that are whose businesses are either shut or about to be shut. They're in dire straits. Just to hear their story, we are raising money for the next 24 hours uh, at uh, glenbeckart.com. Everything that is sold there, if you want to buy something for Christmas, uh, it's my artwork. It's uh, G. Clay's. They are available. Uh, 100% of the profits are going to help these small businesses. Also, you can go to gofundme.com slash Glenn Small Business. Yeah, you can just go to glennbeck.com and get all the details to every place you need to go uh, to help out these businesses. It's really important, and they've been through a lot, so please help. And we go through some of the crazy news of the day. You're going to not only hear about how Congress, congressional people have now sent a letter to Joe Biden urging him to re-educate Christians and uh, shut down churches. And, of course, the Pennsylvania health director with COVID safety if you happen to be going to an orgy. All on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. it is the christmas season i'm going to call him by his full name rudolph giuliani <laughs> is uh with us now hey rudy how are you i'm good glenn how are you i'm i'm i could be better we could not have we could have you know uh, donald trump serving another uh, another term um real oh. quick i want to touch on this are will you guys are you continuing the investigation yes we are we, uh, there's no reason to stop it i mean there's so much to investigate so now what we're doing is we're, we're going to forensically examine the machines. It took all this time to get them available to us because all these secretaries of state are playing cover-up. But we're going to start examining the machines in Arizona, in Maricopa County, to see how similar they are to the machines in Michigan that turned out to be 62% inaccurate. Mm. And I, I'd like you to note uh, that the hearing yesterday, Krebs, Mr. Krebs said, oh, he read that report and, you know, 62 percent clerical inaccuracies. I mean, you know, so what? That means more of the vote was wrong than right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know. I, and I read the report and I read his testimony, too. He 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 acted like he, he said it was nonsense. <laughs> I can't even I couldn't even understand the report. I read the report. It's easy to understand. It's very easy to understand. The yeah. machine the machine is like a computer. You can change it anytime you want. Yeah. It's um, not a counting machine. It's a calculating machine. So is there a possibility of of a special counsel or anything that can't yes. be stopped? There is a possibility of that. And I think that uh, once we get these preliminary results, results from Arizona, we can see whether one is justified. I also think there's a chance that if we could uncover... Uh, 10,000 votes that were changed in Arizona, the Arizona legislature might just take this into their own hands. Uh, the people of Arizona actually ha- almost had a popular rebellion. The state legislature was about to put this aside, and they started demonstrations about 10 days ago. Yeah. All throughout Arizona, 
because they claim they know their election was stolen. Now, think of why they know their election was stolen. He lost by 10,000 votes. How many illegal immigrants yeah, do you think voted in Arizona? I know. 100,000? 200,000? Of course it's stolen. So 7,000 dead people voted. That's pretty close to stealing it right there. Rudy, we have a real problem um, if we don't trust the process. If we lose trust in this vote, we have nothing left. It is vital that you and others continue to find the facts. And when you have a buttoned up, when you have a Hunter Biden uh, uh, computer, you've got to release it and it's got yeah. to be it this has to stop are you con- are you convinced at all that we can trust the vote in georgia no it's the same machine yeah they haven't changed it one bit the same illegal rules they're already that saying is- that there's more turnout now in georgia than there was for the general election well th- th- there's no reason to believe that it'll be an honest vote the machines are not uh, secure machines, but it, they don't have signature verification. Donald so Trump anybody can sign anything, anything that they want. And Donald Trump has been saying, "You've got to go out and vote." I want to switch because I know you are short on time. Let me um, uh, let me go to Bill Barr and uh, uh, and Durham, the special counsel. It is I mean, I'm really disappointed in Bill Barr. I know everybody loves him, but I, I'm very I disappointed in him. Um, there, can't, there can't be anyone who had more respect and more trust in Bill Barr than I did. Uh, I don't know what happened. I really almost can't answer for it. it. It's totally inexplicable to me, particularly since the Hunter Biden allegations yeah. and the Joe Biden allegations are two years old, Glenn. I know. I know. Two years old. They're not. Is it new? And he knew it and he wouldn't verify and he hid behind. Well, we just don't do that. No, no, that's Am I wrong, Rudy? Of course course you're right. I tried to make that point. He could have first done this 18 months ago. Right. Well before the election. I I tried to argue to anybody I could, it's better to do it now than wait until after the election. Then do it now. Let's get it over with. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. Right. He can't run. He's got to go to jail. If it is, if if it, if it, uh, if it's not true, well, then he was wronged and, He'll probably win. I think conservatives are are missing the point on this. They're all saying, oh, look, the press is admitting it now. No, they're not. They're saying this is a tax scandal. This is a money laundering scandal. It is also on the same emails that are that are being, you know, touted as true now by the mainstream media. They leave out the big guy. They leave out the uh, my dad needs a key to the office. All of that stuff. This implicates about the one they used to hate me for putting on television. They actually kept me off television for a long time because of this one text. Uh, Hunter Texas father or his daughter. uh, I had to always kick back half to pop for 30 years. Right. That's the whole conspiracy. 30 years of kicking back. to So will there be a special counsel? Can the president appoint a special counsel? And will he before he leaves office? Well, this is this is uh, uh, my advice as a citizen. I can't tell you my advice as a lawyer, but my advice as a citizen is we ne- we need to have a special counsel. We have to get to the bottom of this, and don't make no mistake about it. The uh, the target of the investigation is Joe Biden. Uh, Hunter is a small player in this. 
Hunter Hunter is like uh, you know one of the soldiers in the mafia. Uh, Joe's like the head of the family, and uh, and there's plenty of evidence against Joe. You can't. One of the reasons they don't want to really open up the investigation. If you open up the investigation, immediately Joe goes to the top of the list of people that have to be considered for indictment. Right. Immediately. No, no, no uh, competent investigator, prosecutor wouldn't do a chart here. It's a family case, gone on for 30 years. Well, I'll tell you who's on the top of that chart. And there's evidence he's been getting money for 30 years. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, um, let's talk about pardons for a second. I know we've got, we've got to cut you loose here, but um, please tell the president he should pardon his family. Um, and I know it doesn't cover, you know, state things, but they are going to kill that family any way they possibly can until he says, I'm never going to run again. And I hope he just keeps stirring it up. Um, when he gets out, he should also look into pardoning little Wayne, Lil Wayne, uh, for, um, uh, for his support for Donald Trump. He's now, uh, getting trouble. Oh my, well, I'm sure he's looking at this very, very carefully. And uh, that's something I really can't talk about, but, uh, the president has a big heart. The president knows what, ha- nobody knows better what happened than the president. Of the United States. I know nobody knows the full magnitude of this obstruction of our government. This could be the worst thing that's ever happened internally in our government. Oh, I think okay. it is. I, I think mean, it is. The Civil War, I don't, the Civil War was out front. You know, we had yep. a war. Yep. This is uh, internal trying to... Yep. It's been going on for a long time, Glenn. It, 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 this has been planned for a long time, much longer than people think. Rudy, keep fighting. And uh, please, you too, please, uh, you too, and uh, please tell the president... Uh, how grateful we are and uh, we've never seen anybody take bullets like him before in our name and we appreciate it thank you Glenn you bet thank you yeah Merry Christmas to you Rudolph Giuliani former mayor of New York City and uh, host of Common Sense that's a podcast and of course the attorney for uh, President Donald Trump This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. There is a new group calling themselves the Secular Democrats of America, and they have sent a letter to Biden's team. Now, when when you say, I never heard of the Secular Democrats of America, it's okay. I hadn't heard of them either. They are founded and backed by many congressional Democrats. So these are congressmen and women that have written this 28-page document that I am posting right now at glenbeck.com. So you would, I don't need the story on it. I want you, I'm going to tell you the story. I want you to actually see from their own website Restoring constitutional secularism and patriotic pluralism in the White House. This is their proposal. In this proposal, you're going to love it. It was presented by Congressman uh, Jamie Raskin. Is that a guy or a girl? Check out. Uh, I, you know what? Gender is not Doesn't, important to me. You're so right. I don't think about you're right. Things. Jared Huffman from California. 
endorsed by uh, Congressman Jerry McInerney of California. And in this document, you will see that it talks about uh, how the incoming Biden administration must educate the American public, particularly those who are identified as the religious right, because they need to keep their religious dogma to themselves. They talk about a, a purge of social conservatives from all levels of government labeling them white nationalists and, of course, everybody's ever-popular conspiracy theorist. Mm. The document states, and I'm going to quote, the constant entanglement of religion and government promoted by the religious right and intensified by the Trump administration sweeps far beyond hot-button culture war issues like abortion and contraception. It permeates every aspect of government policy, health care, public and private education, foreign policy, tax policy, environmental policy, military policy, and more, all of which are going to be addressed in this document. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, it it also has a whole a whole part of this document, a whole section celebrating the response of COVID-19. And climate change. And, you know, it's weird if you've done any homework on the Great Reset. It's like using the same language. Hmm. It's great. It is great. Because it's calling, you know, really for a a new global economic and social order, uh, which is uh, great. It's it's a scientific, uh, scientific authoritarian kind of uh, government run by unelected technocrats, which is Woodrow Wilson's dream. And how much do I love Woodrow Wilson? (laughs) (laughs) You actually say, I hate that guy every time you say his name. Well, I think everybody knows what you're just saying is a lie because I'm part of the in-group. The document chastises President Trump for not following all of the arbitrary, constantly changing rules coming from the World Health Organization, saying, quote, Policy decisions, listen to this, policy, this is congressmen, Congress people, Congress units. Thank you. Policy decisions, quoting, that should be guided by science and evidence on matters ranging from climate change to comprehensive sex education to federal funding for stem cell research have been skewed or blocked entirely by powerful religious interest groups and further undermined at every turn by the Trump administration. There is no example more grave than this administration's lethal mishandling of the COVID-19 global pandemic which has brought death to hundreds of thousands of Americans. Disregard for science and disdain for expertise has reached an all-time high in this administration of magical thinkers and conspiracy theorists. But these policy distortions did not begin with the Trump administration and will not end without deliberate action to restore rationalist, scientific and pragmatic policy methods and judgment. We believe now that the time is right now and it is right to make the case for reviving a Jeffersonian approach to governance that favors reason and science. And here's a word you don't hear very often 
evidence and to stangle, uh, uh, disentangle government policy from the influence of sectarian religious interests that have become dangerously entrenched at all levels of government. Ooh, we got to get them out of there. We have got to get them out of there. Maybe, maybe we can. Everybody loves camp. Maybe we can send them to a camp. <laughs> the paper states, still quoting. We urge you not to underestimate the institutional strength of what we refer to as interchangeability, I think it is, in this document. And it is the Christian nationalist movement or the religious right. God, God. That's, a, that's an interesting combo of things. The religious yeah. right being an organization that, you know, the moral majority and, right, and right, like, right. hey, we should not... Uh, you know, commit sins and things of that nature. And then Christian nationalists is, you know, a gr- oh, that would be Father Coughlin, which was a social <laughs> justice organization. Hardcore Republican activist, right? Uh, uh, no, no, uh, no, no. But I mean, like, you know, you're, they're trying to get you to associate the typical re- religious Republican person with with a white nationalist. Yeah, they're racist. They're nationalists. Uh, they need to they need to go to camp. They really mm. do. Do you remember Anita Dunn, the lizard lady? Oh, I, <laughs> no, she's I'm not. a big fan of Chairman Mao. She was a character from the uh, early seasons of the Obama uh, administration. Yeah. If you remember that wonderful documentary. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yes, I do remember her making a speech. And I do remember the main thing I remember about her is not even what she said about Mao. I just remember her licking and smacking her yeah. lips throughout the entire yeah. speech. So anyway, um, she was a big fan of Mao and uh, and Chinese communism uh, and the Chinese Cultural Revolution, which, you know, just forced the Chinese people to submit to his view of uh, life, which was anti-freedom, anti-God, anti-religion, uh, you know, anti-free market, pretty much anti-people after Mao killed about anywhere estimated between 50 and 90 million people. You know, after 50 million, you just stop counting. You're like, I don't know. Does it matter anymore? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just want to point out. Yes, it, it does, does matter. So here are the authors uh, Representative uh, Jamie Raskin, son of Marcus Raskin. Uh, we got this tip, by the way, from Trevor Loudon, who is, I mean, that guy's a warrior. Um, Marcus Raskin was the founder of the Institute for Policy Studies, which Loudon says has connections to the Soviets back to the 1970s. Jamie Raskin, uh, who is a congressman now, has long connections to the Democratic Socialists of America. He's written for their publication. Uh, he's uh, what Trevor would call a smart communist. One that's like, oh, no, I, I'm not a com- Marxist, communist. Oh, those are, those are dangerous people. No, I'm just thinking, you know, I'm just out here hmm. trying to be pragmatic. Another author is Congressman Jared Huffman of California, a member of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. Uh, which was established by Bernie Sanders, a socialist. Isn't that weird? Now, in the document that you will find at glennbeck.com right now, it calls on Biden to make the following changes. Now, listen to these. Eliminating government support for all crisis pregnancy centers 
and all abstinence only education programs in school. I'm a big fan of Mao. Deny free speech and religious liberty to select Americans based on their religious beliefs. Are it, how on earth can this be real? It is. I know. Did you, did but you I look just, it up? I just don't. I don't understand how it is. Twenty twenty, and we're mm-hmm. going into twenty twenty one. Told you, twenty twenty one is going to be worse. <laughs> uh, incentivize states to strip parents of all non medical exemptions to mandatory vaccinations for children in schools or daycare centers. Here's the tried and true in God. We trust has to be removed from currency. Repeal the religious freedom restoration act rescind Mm. and replace the Trump DOJ's federal protections for religious liberty. Appoint an attorney general who will support governors. Listen to this. Appoint an attorney general who will support governors who emergency COVID-19 executive orders restrict gatherings at houses of worship. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're an anti-God organization. I thought that was just for public health and safety for COVID. Uh, Hmm. Now, all of a sudden, wait, you want this as an anti-God? You know what this is? I realized this a few, I don't know, a couple months ago. I'm, how long does it take to make a habit? They say 30 days, four weeks is a habit. So many of us have been in the habit of going to church every Sunday. How many oh, yeah. have that habit completely broken in their family? Sometimes they still can't legally go right, right. now. Right. Um, but even just because of the break that happened earlier, I think a lot of people got used to either going online or not doing it at all. And, you know, the online thing can fade a lot quicker than this fall, uh, like September or something. We were um, going back to church. Our church was opening back up. We were going back to church because we had been we can watch it online. We watch it, you know, every Sunday Mm -hmm. as a family. And uh, so we we do our own sacrament meeting and we watch it online. We were going back to church. We had a threat that was manifesting itself around the church. And sorry about that, by the way. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay away. <laughs> I know. Stay away. Look, I, I, it you was kind a of a restraining joke. order. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so we decided that we are still going to stay out until, you know, a certain date when, when the threat kind of goes away. Sure. And I realized we are now almost a year Without going every day, we still do something on Sunday. We still kind of, you know, Tanya makes us dress up. So we still get dressed for Sunday, you know, service, but it's in the living room. I don't want to go back. I'm digging that. Yeah, it's kind of nice. It's really nice. Mm -hmm. But it's breaking our habit of doing something. Part of going to church, at least for me, is doing something I don't want to do. (laughs) Yeah. Tony Robert, Tony Robbins. <laughs> it's just straight out of Sunday school. I know it is. Uh, I was a Sunday school teacher for a long time. Strangely, they said, stop teaching. Um, but, uh, uh, Tony Robbins told me, he said, I have a, a dip pool that's like, I don't know. He's so tall. It's probably like 18 feet deep mm-hmm. uh, and just about three feet by three feet, something like that. He keeps it at 
57 degrees, I think. He said, every day I get up, I walk outside, I jump into the dip pool, get out, and I start my day. And I went, well, that didn't sounds... think I was going to put that on my list of things <laughs> I'm never going to do. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah. And he said, no, it's awful. It's awful. He said, but I tell my brain or I tell my body, I'm in charge of you. I'm going to I control you. You don't control me. And he said, it's just this mindset. Mm. And for me, I do not want to get up on a Sunday morning and go to church. I don't. But I do it because I tell my body and my mind you are a servant of the Lord. Do what he asks you to do. Yeah. And it's important. How many of us are out of that habit? And once you break that habit, if you're somebody who is just like, I just go because it's tradition. Are you still going? Are you going to go back? This is why they are shutting our churches down. They are doing it to intentionally destroy the church and i think this is evidence we could say that but i believe this is evidence their goal is to destroy the church they want a doj ahead of the doj to come out and be appointed that will support those governors who have draconian uh edicts against going to church you can find this entire document at uh, glenbeck.com. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Viruses get weaker um, when they are really strong because they kill the host and then they die. And only the weaker ones survive. Only the weakest virus survives because it can feast on its host and then can spread to another one, and it doesn't die out when the host dies. We're killing the host right now. This virus is eating the Western world's lunch, and it's killing the host. Over 300,000 Americans have died already. From COVID-19. We know because we see the numbers every single day. 300,000 Americans. That means there are millions of Americans who are going to spend their first holiday season without a loved one. But one of the other parts of this devastation that nobody seems to care about goes beyond the loss of of human life it's the loss of one of the greatest most special aspects of our society it's the small business the small businessman the small businessman's family the children that are being taught in no uncertain terms now the government controls everything and if you're an entrepreneur or a small business it's pretty risky I don't know about you. I grew up in a bakery and I grew up in a small town, Mount Vernon, Washington. It's still a small town. 
the carnation plant used to be down at the end of the street to the milk processing plant and it still had the steam whistle at noon uh, every day it it was a special place that had mom and pop stores because everything back then was mom and pop yes we had sears and jc pennies but everything else was locally owned and there were special places the movie theater wasn't an AMC. It was the Lincoln Theater. It was an old silent movie theater that was just this relic. And I remember seeing Star Wars there. How are they faring through this? It's still open. Remember the candy shop or the ice cream parlor or the bakery or the bike shop or whatever it was? That we would visit hot summer days. We'd go down and we'd dream or we'd just want to cool down or whatever it was. That special restaurant you went to only on birthdays. And that was the day your mom would say, okay, you can have soda. Every single one of these places has an American with a story of resilience and bravery and courage behind it. And every single one of those places is now at risk, if it's not passed for them already, of never opening their doors ever again. We've lost 300,000 Americans. But did you know, has anybody talked to you that we have lost 100,000 small businesses permanently just in the first two months of this pandemic? It's been 10 months now. A million businesses have closed their doors forever. Millions of Americans have poured everything into a dream and now nothing to show for it. If you're a small businessman, I know the pain. I know the pain of struggling. My dad lost his first business. There have been times here that we have really gone where we where my wife and I would look at each other and we would cry ourselves to sleep and say, it's just not worth it. It's it's just too much pain and too much misery, because what about all the employees? Entrepreneurs are proud people. They built it from scratch. They're one-man shops. Do it myself. Brought myself up by the bootstraps. These people are heroes. And nobody, not, not one of them really wants to ask for help. And certainly not from the government. But the government is putting them out of business. Some of them are now asking for help. Others are saying their business is beyond saving, but please just tell my story because maybe it will save another business. This hour, I want to exercise a muscle. I believe we are all God's hands and feet and back and fingers, and he uses us. This hour, you're going to hear from four small business owners around the nation, from Boston to California, who all have the same nightmare scenario. 
Their stories are different, but the success of their business all relies on the decisions of a common enemy, the city and state leaders who seem almost adamant that small business is so important to communities around the nation. It's so important now to make sure they perish. I want you to listen to their words. I'm going to give you a way to donate and it's going to be divided among small business It's going to help some of these businesses. And then hopefully we raise a month enough and we're going to start helping small businesses all over the country. I want you to go to gofundme.com slash Glenn small business. You can just go to glenbeck.com and you'll, you'll see also if you go to glenbeckart.com, all my COVID and all everything on my website at glenbeckart.com, every penny of it that we raise today will go to this small business effort on GoFundMe. So please, if you're going to do some shopping, you want to buy a gift for yourself or somebody else, just at least look at those. I'm not making any money on it. Just go to glenbeck.com art.com now before we hear their stories i want to tell you the story of of one person who couldn't come on the radio today her name is rochelle rotto she was the owner of boat barn bagels in canyon city that's in colorado she was just awarded the best new business of the year she is fearless. I mean, she would whitewater raft, skydive, camp out in the Colorado mountains where, I mean, you could be eaten by a mountain lion. What are you, crazy? National Guard. Two children. This, this best new business of the year, month after month after month, was getting worse and worse and worse. It was dying each day uh, just a little bit more. A cruel sort of death for this business. And after months of crippling financial stress, watching her business die, Rochelle took her own life. Best new business. She did it. She was an explorer. After nine months, I can't do it anymore. Sherry Rogers, her mom, addressed the Canyon City, Colorado leaders a week later. Listen. The financial toll to her was huge. And it's my opinion that she's a casualty of COVID. She loves this town. She just couldn't take it anymore. She tried, she tried, she tried. She couldn't take it anymore. So my very last thing is, there's probably people in this room that have said, I can't take it anymore. I don't know that I can stand up to this anymore. Business owners who are at their last dollar or their last, you know, whatever. And I just want you to reach out to others. That's what this is about. 
Sherry wrote an article on Facebook. If you happen to be watching The Blaze, she's just a normal person. She's somebody, her mother is just somebody that you see every single day. She wrote, I'm trying to live life without my daughter in it. It's not possible. I see her everywhere. I'm still not able to articulate how she completed me as a mom. How every day she was woven into my existence. Always a part of my thoughts and plans. Always wanting more time with her. I used to sing, you are my sunshine. Even when she was an adult. She will forever be my sunshine. A gift from God that blessed me beyond measure. The thriving new business of the year. Boat Barn Bagels is gone. More importantly, Rachel is gone forever. And we can either take her story and fall into despair because these stories are not uncommon and they are happening in our own families. We can despair or we can say enough, enough. And not just stand and be mad, but instead decide, I may not even have the strength to stand. FDR in a wheelchair, he had, he could not stand, but he stood and gave speeches. He grabbed onto the podium and he held himself up even when he had he didn't have the strength to stand he stood that's who we are and who we need to be i want you to do two things today i want you just to say enough is enough not going any further not doing this no i want you if you're a small business person no no more if you are a, a person that can go and, and frequent a small business, do it. And also, just listen. And if you have even a dollar, one dollar, I want you to go to glenbeck.com, follow the links to the GoFundMe page, and help these businesses. I ask you to stand with me to show that even though the government may have abandoned the small businessmen and the entrepreneur we know who they are and how valuable they are, and we will not abandon them. So I want to introduce you to Catherine Hill. Uh, she was born in Hanford, California in 1979, so now I feel like uh, father time. She grew up an animal lover and an animal advocate. Um, she rescued animals. She's like my daughter. Uh, and at the age of 13... She thought, I'm going to become a vegetarian, and she's still a vegetarian. She has uh, two kids, two grandchildren. Catherine opened up a neighborhood bar called Miss Kitty's Lounge in Clovis, California, because she likes to save cats. The rent was paid on time every single month until the pandemic struck. In August of 2019, she was also diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer. 
She underwent six months of chemotherapy, 15 rounds of radiation, radical mastectomy. She was already through a tough journey. And then COVID. And she managed through all of this to be able to keep her lounge open. But then something happened. Uh, She couldn't make her rent. And she tried to work with the landlord, but he wouldn't work with her. She's on with us right now. Hi, Catherine. Catherine, are you there? Hi. Hi. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> I, I just love your attitude because you were one of the people who said, look, I, I think I'm beyond help, uh, but you needed your story to get out. Um, yes. tell, me, tell me what is important for people to hear. Um, I feel like what's important for people to hear is that there is so many businesses that have fell through the cracks because the government PVP doesn't work for yeah. them because we were shut down and we have no employees and our biggest expense is our rent. And if you don't have a, a good landlord that's going to work with you, they're the ones that are now putting you out of business like mine. Um, Sam Lucido, he refuses to work with us. And um, not only during the um, beginning of the pandemic, when there was a moratorium on evictions, right. they still were um, hitting me with 10-day notices to vacate. Jeez. And, and because it, there was a moratorium, they couldn't do anything. So instead of trying to work with us, they hit me with a lawsuit of um, um, coming after us for the remainder of the lease, attorney's fees, late fees. Holy cow. Had over $150,000. Here's, here's the thing that Catherine uh, wants you to know, that this is happening, but there is um, uh, a, a way to to help uh and um and you can go to gofundme right now just look for gofundme.com uh slash glenn small business and so you know we're gonna we're gonna donate some money to cancer as well for in her name (laughs) 